Grab your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, and open to the 24th chapter of Deuteronomy. And let me read you our text this morning. It's two verses out of Deuteronomy 24, verses 17 and 18. And they read like this. You shall not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or to the fatherless, or take a widow's garment and pledge. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. The grass withers, and the flower fades. But the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. I think you will probably agree that that is a pretty odd text to be using on the morning that we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. But there is a rich gospel principle contained within it, and I want to show it to you. But first, let me say this to you. This text, Deuteronomy 24, 18, has been called John Newton's text. Now, guys, don't get John Newton and John Bunyan mixed up. I do that all the time. John Bunyan is the guy who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Next to the Bible, it's the most widely read book in all of Christendom. But John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Hope you've read it. If you haven't, you might want to try. John Newton is the one who didn't write books. He wrote sermons, but he also wrote hymns. You remember that hymn that we all love, Amazing Grace? Do you remember back right around um, 9-11 and there was this big gathering of people in Yankee Stadium in New York and these, um, uh, these bagpipes played Amazing Grace? Oh, it was, it was electric. But we love that hymn. But that's not the only one that he wrote. He wrote, um, glorious things of thee are spoken, Zion's. He wrote that one. He also wrote one, um, how sweet the name that Jesus sounds to a believer's ears. Remember that one? He wrote that one as well. But if you know anything about John Newton's biography, you know that his, or prior to him coming to Christ, oh my. His life was just about as unsavory as one life could possibly be. His mother died at age seven. She was his treasure. He went to work with his father, who was a merchant marine. So he went into boating or shipping or whatever you call it. Um, but at age 11, the ripe old age of 11, he joined the Navy, the British Navy. Um, he deserted the British Navy and was caught and flogged and put on a boat to Africa where he then became immersed in the slave trade. I think you probably know that about him. Um, on one occasion, he got so drunk that he fell overboard and to get him back on, the, on, the, on board, he was harpooned and lived with a gash in his side for the rest of his life but then he became a Christian and as a part of his convictions he felt like as a new believer that he must never forget his past and so before he started 
working on any new sermon, he would recount his past. He had the words of Deuteronomy 24.18 to recount his past. He would use Deuteronomy 24.18, and he had the words of it printed. These these words here that says, um, uh, and you were, um, but you... There it is. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. He had those words printed, and he tacked them right across from the desk where he sat when he was preparing sermons, because he never wanted to forget. Did you notice in that text that it says you were a slave? Oh, I left that part out. On, uh, in one period of his life, he was made a slave of a slave. An African woman uh, enslaved John Newton. Um, you know, it says in some of your translations, it will use the word bondsman. That doesn't mean that he sold bonds. It means that he was in bonds. But the gospel principle that I wanted you to see out of the text is the opening words when it says, but you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt. Now folks, I would say to you that that's some pretty good advice. It, it just might prevent us from all of those high-minded sins of which we are guilty. Guys, remembering our past, just, it might, it might prevent us from thinking that we have arrived spiritually or that we're mature spiritually when we are not. On one occasion, John Newton complained about his memory. And he said, um, my memory is nearly gone, but I do remember two things. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. Tell me, my brother and sister, when is the last time that you ever thought like that? Do you remember those high school days? Or maybe for some of us, your college days? Do you remember that slavery? Do you remember that bondage to sin? I want to read to you his epitaph. He's buried, he was buried in London, and then he was reinterred, was dug up and moved to Olney in southern England. But this is what he wrote, this is what he had written on his tombstone. I'm reading. Once an infidel, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, 
was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, listen, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had so long labored to destroy. He remembered his past, and he took it all the way to the grave. To my knowledge, um, I can't ever remember preaching using Deuteronomy 24.18 as my text. Maybe we should. Maybe we should look at it more closely. But I can tell you one thing that does happen here. We observe this sacrament monthly. And do you know what one of the features of this sacrament is? Remember? It says, do this in remembrance of me. You know, we, uh, we don't think much about those years of our rebellion. And the reason I know that is because we must do this sacrament frequently just to remind us of the remedy. Folks, take a minute. Take a minute and think of the place from which you have been delivered. And having done so, let me now invite you, the great sinners out there, to the great Savior. And if He is not yet your Savior, then my friend, you are still in bondage to your sin. And you need this great Savior of ours. And then you might join us as we sing. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds to a believer's ear. Our Father, would you meet us at this sacramental table? Would you remind us of our great sin as we come? But then would you help us refocus on the greatness of our Savior? Would you point us in the direction of the very remedy that you have provided so that we might not have to pay for our sin ourselves? Oh God, might your people find themselves inching forward in our pursuit of Christ-likeness as we remember the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. We pray, of course, in his name. Amen.